Former Auburn head coach Tommy Tuberville joins the podcast. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, enjoying this hot weather here in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Man, we got it's. It, you can tell it's getting close to football season because this humidity is bad. That's right. And uh, I guess I could have uh, touched on the part that you are running for the Senate seat in the state of Alabama. You announced earlier this year. You're going to go up against Doug Jones in the state of Alabama who won the special over Roy Moore. Just kind of talk about your thought process in this and kind of switching from the coaching side of that profession to uh, to going into politics. Yeah, well, a couple of things. You know, when I left Auburn uh, several years ago, I went to Texas Tech, coached for three years, and I moved to Cincinnati and coached there for a few years. I always knew I was going to move back to Alabama. I've I've got a farm here in Alabama, and I've got houses, and both my kids, one graduated at Auburn, and one's still at Auburn, and so we love the state, and uh, so I get back a couple of years ago, I decided, you know, I think about running for governor, so I looked at it a little bit, and then we we had a situation where they moved in the lieutenant governor, and I told my wife, I said, you know, uh, this is not the right deal, uh, you know, I want to make sure it's a, a good fit, and so didn't do it. Then ESPN hired me to work with Mike Patrick for a year. Um, and uh, Mike Patrick's all, always been one of my favorites. And man, did I have a good time with that one year. Well, he re- retired. And when he retired, I told my wife, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something else. I'm, I'm going I'm to look at some things. And and then uh, we had Doug Jones, a Democrat. And we hadn't had a Democrat in a long time, but elected senator of the state of Alabama. And I'm a Christian conservative Republican. And uh, I talked to some people about running and looked at it for about six, seven months. And here we are. I'm off and running, been running for about three months. We'll have a, a primary of Republicans. I think there's four other Republicans. We'll have the primary in March. And then whoever wins that will will run uh, against Doug Jones, the Democrat, in the 2020 presidential election. So I'm excited about it. I've been, I've been out for about eight weeks uh, uh, hitting the trail. It's like recruiting. You know, it's uh, very much like uh, what I've done for 40 years in, in coaching. And I love being around people, but I really love the state and country. So that's the reason I'm running. I want to help. And I think I can be a huge help. I think a coach being a U.S. senator is an exact correlation of, of leadership values and uh, being able to get a coalition of 159 other senators on your side to make a difference in this state and this country. Right, and uh, you are running basically a, a big supporter of uh, Donald Trump, his policies there. And, of course, we all know he's not a career politician. You aren't either. And even in Knox County, Tennessee, here in Knoxville, the county mayor, Glenn Jacobs, uh, he was a wrestler, went by Kane. A lot of people know of him. He was not a career politician. It seems like different parts of the country are kind of going in that angle. They're tired of people on both the left and the right side, career politicians not getting stuff done when they do go to Washington. Just kind of talk about that, uh, really just about Donald Trump's agenda that, that, that you do support. And even Sean Spicer, the former press secretary for the Trump administration, kind of helping out your campaign. Yes, Sean Spicer came down and gave me some, uh, gave me some advice about running. Uh, and you're right, uh, it's all about outsiders. People are tired of politicians. I know I am. And, you know, we've kicked the can down the road for years. We've let our politicians absolutely bankrupt our country. And and uh, we have so many problems now 
more I'm going around the state in this country, people are more into people that have actually had a job for a living. And there's no better job than a coach. I could think of 10 or 15, 20 uh, Division One coaches right now, men, women, in football, basketball, that would be great senators because we know how to lead, we know how to recruit, we know how to get people to work together. And uh, But as you said, being an outsider, and in that lane, people are excited about it. And I've led in every poll since I came out. There's been five polls, and uh, I've had a huge lead in each one of them. So I'm just going to keep on working hard. That's all I know how to do and and uh, talk to people. And uh, I'm looking forward to this challenge to get to the primary in the next six, seven months. Well, you defeated Alabama six straight years during your time as the head coach for the Auburn Tigers in the Iron Bowl Series. Some people ask, how, how do you get that vote from the, the diehard Alabama fans that uh, really don't want to vote for an Auburn guy like yourself? Uh, but I see it as when it comes to politics and everyday life, if it's a tornado going through Tuscaloosa, we, we've seen Auburn people help out with that. If, if, if things happen in Auburn, we, we've seen it the other side with with Alabama people, Alabama fans helping out Auburn and Lee County. Uh, you know, a few years ago, the big snowstorm that, that took place in Birmingham, we saw people, everyday lives, just help each other out. And I think when, when it comes down to a vote like that, I, I think you're going to do pretty well getting the Alabama fan vote. Yeah, you know, that was a little bit of a concern. Of course, you, you know, I'm going to need some people from, from uh, the University of Alabama to vote for me. But, you know, I've made as many Alabama friends since I've been in this state for the last 20 or so years on and off that I have Auburn fans. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I like people. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is I talk to Alabama fans. You know, a lot of them are saying, because we, we understand, you know, you as an Auburn, but we also know you were a winner. And we, we need a winner in the Senate. And this is not a game. This is about life. And this we are in trouble in this country. And they know that. And more and more people are recognizing that. So uh, I'm sure there'll be a few fans, uh, Auburn and Alabama fans, that uh, won't like some things that I've done or said. But, you know, that's just part of it. Uh, you know, i, I got to get out and explain my platform and what I'm about. And, and uh, I'm about everybody here in this state, in this country, because I do love this country. And, and uh, I want to make sure everybody has a has a way of life that's uh, that's special because we do live in a special country. You know, if you're born in this country, you've uh, hit the lottery. If you're born in this country with two parents that are loving parents that that are good to you, then you've hit another lottery. So, uh, uh, you know, it's all about God, family, and education. That's what I'm running on. So uh, I think it's a, it's a good platform. Well, you mentioned recruiting and football and kind of switching over to football. When you were the, the head coach at Auburn, you uh, recruited Hoover High School. I believe Ron Pugh, uh, you recruited him out of Hoover to come play for you at Auburn. You mentioned your, your one year after Cincinnati that you were calling games or a color analyst for ESPN. You, you've kind of seen a few of the programs in the last couple of years doing that, being outside of coaching. Talk about Tennessee and may, maybe the program with a guy like a Jeremy Pruitt who you saw on the recruiting trail uh, during that time when, when Hoover was showcased on two-a-days, the MTV reality show. Do you think Jeremy's the type of guy that is going to turn this thing around at Tennessee? Well, I'm a huge college football fan, and I got a little, I spent a career in it, uh, in almost a lifetime. I got a lot of friends in this business, and uh, I wouldn't take anything for it. And a couple of years ago, there were right 10 or 15 
and uh, it was a big year for coaches. And I did a lot of interviews, as I still do. Uh, people call on them what I think about this rule or that rule or this team or whatever. And somebody called me there and you're coach, who is the who you think was the most the best hire in college football? I said, Well, I'll tell you who it is. It's Philip Fulmer. He's not a coach, he's the athletic director at Tennessee. And they need help there. And Philip Fulmer was the perfect hire for that situation. Because to me, athletic directors hire coaches and they manage coaches. All these athletic directors today, all they are are cheerleaders. And most of the time they get in the way, to be honest with you, and, and they take orders from other people. Well, Philip Fulmer will get this back in line in Tennessee. Now, the first thing he did was hire Jeremy Pruitt. I've known Jeremy since he was in, at Hoover High School with Rush Prost. I remember when he went as an analyst for for uh, uh, Nick Saban. And, uh, and, and you know, to, to take that step from a, a job making good money to go work for nothing, pretty much is what Jeremy did. That's what I did years ago with Jimmy Johnson in Miami. It means that you really want something bad. Jeremy's been a student of the game. Uh, he's a defensive guy. I'm a true believer that defensive head coaches uh, are better than offensive head coaches simply for the fact that defense, it all starts with defense. And then if you get you an offensive guy to run it, you, you, you got something pretty special. So uh, I like Jeremy. I think he's going to be successful. Just got to give him enough time because he inherited a complete mess in terms of the University of Tennessee from top to bottom in, in, in the football program. Uh, and uh, I, I know he'll turn it around because he's got organizational skills. He's been around good coaches. And uh, when you've been around Nick Saban's and people like that, you got a great opportunity to learn from them and then take your philosophy and put it together. And then, uh, and, and of course, Tennessee is a, it's a gem of a school in terms of their football program in it. I think they'll be a team to reckon with in the next few years. That's right. And he, he, Jeremy's in a similar situation that you were in. You took that Cincinnati job. Uh, it, a lot of it's just changing the culture, getting these guys in that, that you want to see within the program because you, you took over for a Butch Jones there for the Bearcats and kind of like what Jeremy's doing right now. And uh, I think now, year two, you're starting to see uh, the, that culture trying to, to really go in the direction that he wants it to. Yeah, and everybody talks about recruiting, uh, about schools, a new coach coming in and recruiting. Well, first of all, I mean, you've got to build your staff, and it's about your staff and about how they work together and, and how they pull together. I mean, it's like 15 or 20 brothers. I mean, you've got to laugh together, fight together, cry together, but you got to believe together. And Jeremy, the head coach, has got to get them on that same page, and he'll do that because he learned from one of the best that's ever coached, and that's Nick Saban. And so, uh, again, you don't take – everybody asks me, where'd you get your philosophy from? Now, I'd worked with Jimmy Johnson and Dennis Erickson and R.C. Slocum. I said, you know, I took a little bit from all of them, but you've got to put your own philosophy to it. But it's got to start with uh, your organizational skills. And, and I've watched Jeremy. I watch all these young coaches when they go in and what they do and how they do it. I like the people he hired. I like the direction it's going. And also, again, I, I like his recruiting. Uh, it's not going to be overnight success, but I like how they're going out and beating the bushes. They are relentless on the recruiting trail. That's what it's going to take. You had some battles with, with Coach Former back in Coach Former's.
coaching days at Tennessee and, and when you were kind of early on at Auburn, I remember Carnell Cadillac Williams. He was at Etowah. I think it was the year 2000. I was at the Etowah at Coleman regular season game. And I remember sitting by one of Carnell's family members and they kept mentioning, yeah, he's going to go to Tennessee. And of course, we all remember at that time, Tennessee was a top 10 program coming coming off a national championship in 90. Just kind of talk about that battle with, with Carnell Williams, keeping him in state and getting him to Auburn because he had Tennessee right up there about midway through his senior high school season. Yeah, it was a battle. There was no doubt about it. And we were at his last visit the week before signing day. We are just trying to hold on to the visit, much less get him to sign. And they had just changed at Alabama, which really helped both me and Phillip. They changed coaches. I think Dennis Franchoni had just taken over. And uh, Eddie Grant had been recruiting my running back coach, who is now the offensive coordinator at Kentucky. Eddie's a great recruiter, good coach. And Eddie built a good relationship. But unfortunately, the week before he comes to us, Carnell commits to Philip Fulmer uh, on his visit. And uh, called me and Eddie Grant said, listen, I'm not taking my visit. I'm going to Tennessee. And uh, we just begged him to come, begged him to come. Finally, I said, listen, Carnell, at least let me come see you visit with him. And uh, he said, okay, coach, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon on Monday afternoon after school. So I took every coach with me. I said, boys, we're loading up. And uh, we flew up to uh, to where Carnell was at and uh, took every coach in there. We actually took a picture of Bo Jackson and put Carnell's face on Bo's uh, picture holding the Heisman Trophy. And I think with all the attention that we gave him and his mom that we, we earned that, that, uh, that visit that weekend. And they all came, and, and fortunately, he flipped and, and came to our place. But, you know, that's just not the only one now. The other one was very special, and we got him for this reason. Roddy Brown had committed from Carterville, Georgia, to uh, Tennessee. But they wanted him as linebacker, and we went and recruited him as a running back and got Ronnie in. Brown and Carnell, and Ronnie was uh, was the uh, number two pick in the first round, and Carnell was the fifth, fifth pick in the first round in that draft that they came out. So uh, we were able to snag a couple away from Phillip and uh, made us a much better football team. And, of course, we all remember that 2004 team, their senior season at Auburn, 13-0 undefeated. It's just crazy to think that that, that elite team uh, that, that you put together was left out, couldn't play for the national championship because they had Oklahoma and USC who had a wound up forfeiting that national championship. Uh, not not having you guys play in that national championship game, I, just kind of talk about that season. I know you beat LSU early on, but it seemed like when, when you guys a few weeks later went to Neyland Stadium, played a top-10 Tennessee team, and just ran all over them. And I believe it was Jason Allen, defensive back for Tennessee, that Ronnie Brown ran over. It seems like that was a setting tone for the, the remainder of the season that year. I remember that play with Jason. Of course, Jason, we recruited him too. He's from North Alabama, and, uh, and uh, you know, there was a little animosity there. Of course, just players versus players. They all, of, all of our kids knew who Jason was, and he was a great player. And, and I've got a picture of Ronnie dropping his shoulder in the end zone, uh, uh, making some headway over Jason. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a special year. I knew we were going to have a special year. When I thought 
thought we'd get one of them back. I thought one of them, either Ronnie or Carnell, would go to the pros. And uh, I went to the press conference, and they said they're going to have it a certain day. And and uh, it was right before a basketball game, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, can I just at least keep one of them, and we'll have a good football team. And they both announced they were staying. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. And uh, they both wanted to play against each other. I'll never forget this. Their reason was they wanted both of them to play to take the pressure off the other one so one wouldn't have to carry it 25 times a game. They could both carry it 10 or 12 times each and, and save themselves throughout the year. And that was a special team. We had a lot of good players and, and good coaches, and it was a special game. You know, it just, it just makes you sad that, you know, that was the only time in the history of college football that number one and two never got beat. Uh, Oklahoma and USC went undefeated. And so it was a special year, a lot of great football players. And, and then, as you said, USC had to vacate it. And they should have gave us a national championship. There's no national champion for the 2004 season. And that's not right. They should have given it to that football team and uh, should have recognized it for that. Yeah, and you all beat – Four top ten teams, and the the second win over Tennessee and Atlanta in the SEC championship game was uh, Tennessee ranked 15. So I mean that they were still in a top 15 ranked team right. at that time. So that was pretty impressive. Beat four top ten teams that year. Yeah, it was uh, again a special year, and I, I can remember going and playing them in Tennessee. We had just beaten uh, LSU 10 to nine at home in a hard fought battle. LSU and uh, Nick Saban was coaching at LSU at the time. And then the last thing I told our football team is I knew we were exhausted from that game and we're mentally spent. And you go on the road, it's a 10, 12 point underdog uh, uh, point spread that you, you got to play against because of the crowd and maybe even more in Knoxville with all the fans that they have. And we just, I just told our team, I said, listen, you've got to play a perfect game. Just play, just play, play up to your potential. And uh, we did, and, uh, you know, everything kind of clicked. And that was probably the beginning of the, the great year that we got through that year, just building the confidence from winning the, the game at Tennessee against a great football team. Well, Coach, thank you for coming on the podcast. Tell everybody where they can find Tommy Tuberville for Senate for, for next year when, when you do run for the Senate seat. Well, yeah, well, I want to go to the U.S. Senate to help Donald Trump and uh, – our country's in trouble, so if you want to help, go to TommyForSenate.com. Uh, you can look at my website. It's a good website. We've got a donate button, and, and uh, you know, I appreciate you. But it is, uh, this has been a fun time for me. It was a great coaching career, and I'm looking forward to this being a, a very successful Senate run this year.